in the not-too-distant future when hyper-intelligent cyborg politicians are mining our data for our porn passwords and our Papa John's account information, the voice of the rebellion will be Camera Noise. Stefan and Maddie and we're coming to you live well live for us um, probably not live for you because I edit these things but uh, we're coming to you from the deep within the earth's core at our base of operations um, it's called the kitty palace and that's where we record our podcasts amongst thousands of baby kitties Oh, um, it's adorable here. Yeah, and generally, once they're uh, once they're out of being kitten age, we just kind of throw them into the fire. Well, we have to appease those gods. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you got to make sacrifices. How are you ever going to be successful? <laughs> yeah, right. Shit, man. So we've been going through a couple of these episodes, a handful now. This will be the fifth, I believe. Um, yeah. And we usually just kind of get right into it and start chatting about all our geeky shit. Uh, but this episode, we wanted to take. Uh, some time to to discuss how Maddie and I have formed such a strong bond, how we've become blood brothers, um, the evil forces we had to battle in order to solidify our our place uh, within the Nether Realm. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but and Maddie was just telling me because I actually kind of forget the first how we met. Yeah, I don't um, know if this is when we first met. But I remember sitting on a couch at some house party in college, and System of a Down's Toxicity, I think, had come out, or maybe the year before or something. I don't know. I was yeah, uh, I was really into that record, just because I thought a lot of the context of it was very much like anti-Bush and anti-war, which System of a Down also like yeah. talks about a lot. And I just thought it was kind of crazy that this album had come out and was getting so popular, because it was definitely against what was going on, and I just, like... I just assume if you're like some kind of government agency, you're like, shut that shit down now. Shut it down. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we were talking about it, and I don't know if you didn't like the album or if someone else was saying they didn't, and you were like defending no it. I think, And then I think I was also defending it. I didn't know you or these <laughs> other people. I was just very upset that people were like shitting on this song. Because I think it, uh, 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 the what was the big single off of that one? Chop suey. Yeah, like that came on or something, and people are like, oh my god, we're our yeah. school kids. We hate like anything that's on the radio and metal right. stuff. And it's like, <laughs> god damn, this is a good song. Yeah, pieces of shit. It was art school. Art school was like such a battlefield in terms of the music you liked, the movies you liked, the art that you liked, what you were majoring in, who you were dormed nearby, what yeah. dorm you were in. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't that bad because we all made like really great friends, and it was you. Know, like going into that especially bringing up shit that you're into in high school and you're all of a sudden you're in college and you know you're in a whole different place um i do kind of remember this situation and i love toxicity man system of a down was the jam 
you, you know, we had our new metal conversation on like the second episode or so. Um, yeah. And System of a Down was always, you know, they were, they always kind of stood outside of the pack of like the corns and the limp biscuits um, and like the cheesier acts that were in that genre of music. So uh, like System of Down, Deftones and far and you know like some of the contemporary bands right there that were had a similar sound but they developed it more distinctly i think i yeah definitely i would have been like one of the first people to been like what the fuck did you just say about chop suey (laughs) you know that's just the jam that's the first time i think i like realized that you existed in this world um that i was currently in in college and I, we might yeah. have met at another party and been like hi or whatever. Like, and I know you came yeah. to like super house gatherings and parties, but I, like we didn't yeah. really become friends until Chicago. Really? Not yeah. You're right. You're so right. I uh, I think I met yeah. And during college, I was definitely like I would come over super house and hang out with Andrew, uh, our, our fearless leader and and um, host of super house. I guess I guess he's kind of the host. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'd come hang out with him, and I just had kind of like a passing relationship with Maddie at first. Uh, and then, and then yeah, once we moved to Chicago, or uh, I moved to Chicago, and I lived with some friends, like a group of friends from school. And then, Matt, you were already there, weren't you? Yeah, I moved there with uh, Eric B., who's like my best friend since right. high school, since right. like school, where we grew up together, and we didn't know where the fuck we wanted to live. So we there just you. went there because I didn't really know you, and we didn't keep in touch, like... I have another, like, there's yeah. another time that I met you, and you introduced me to your mom. It was at Ian Pfaff's party. Your mom had yeah. come to visit, and maybe your brother or <laughs> yeah, sister both or them. something? No, it was my mom and my brother, and it was for graduation, and our friend yes. Ian, let me just, uh, our friend Ian, he had a little apartment in Savannah. Uh, I forget what the cross streets were or whatever, but he had the tiniest little apartment, and he built a bar inside of this apartment. It was basically just a kitchen and a small room and a bathroom. Yeah. And he would have ragers. He would have like 100 people in this tiny little apartment. And he made a sign that he had out front. His name was Ian Pfaff. And he had a sign that said Les Pfaffers was the name of the bar. But yeah. yeah, there was a party there. And my mom was there. And my brother was there for graduation. That's so funny. And like, at this point, we must have been like decent enough friends to just like kind of be like, hey, man, dude, what's going on? Like, we must have talked about comic books or music or something at least a few times by this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we had many conversations that we don't remember. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, those later. were the, that was the that was the height of, of, of my drinking days, too, man. Like hanging out with yeah. Ian was dangerous. <laughs> and I think, I think the introduction was you were really drunk and then you introduced me to your mom and then you ran off and your mom was very <laughs> your mom's a very very nice lady and continued yeah. to talk to me and i was like i don't know i'm just as drunk as stefan like and she was like how did you guys meet how do you know each other and i was just like uh yeah. um i'm drunk too can i leave yeah um, my mom's but, awesome she got she had a blast just hanging out with all my drunk college friends <laughs> the coolest mom ever she she is the coolest mom right. ever shout out shout out to moms <laughs> um but yeah so then we ended up you know fast forward to i guess uh a year to maybe two years later um a bunch of our friends from from school moved to chicago it was either chicago la new york or you know various and assorted artistically inclined cities at the time yeah um 
it, I lived for about two years with the people that I moved there with um, for the most part. And then it wasn't me and Maddie or cause I had lost my job. I didn't really have a job to lose. <laughs> I just kind of winged it wherever I was. It was, you know, in retrospect, it was kind of tough, but I was just young and dumb enough to not really give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was in kind of a dire situation where I moved out of a, and, um, and I didn't have a job and Maddie and our other friend who he was dating at the time, uh, Teeny Crosby, uh, yes. They were kind enough to put me up for like a long time. It was just, it was about four months. It took me to like find a job and shit. Um, yeah. Which which now that I'm older, I'm like, man, what a lazy ass. But we had such a great time. <laughs> no, it was, and I feel bad. But Stefan would wash our dishes, and it was wonderful. <laughs> it's like that no, was I like the one stipulation because we both hated doing yeah. it. It was like if Stefan can do this, you can live here forever. <laughs> and I had my like it was so awesome actually because I had my little room uh in there and and me and like Teeny would Teeny was kind of the breadwinner at the time I think Maddie was working oh, yeah, where dude. were you working at uh I was kind of like you man I like didn't really have anything yeah because there I was think... that time there was the time um what was it um she was working at this like bake this like vegan bakery there and they were like oh we need someone else and she mentioned me because she was going to go take over this other place that was like more kid oriented which she's always been into kids and babysitting and stuff and um she was going to go do that because the people they had running that were like two like two burly men tattooed and weren't really like kid friendly and it's Uh like that doesn't make any sense and i was going to take over her position at this like as a barista slash I don't even know, man. I didn't know yeah. what the fuck I was doing, and I like worked Cupcake there. Cupcake man. Yeah, and that's what I was doing. And I was, I might have been doing some like random freelance stuff at the time, too. Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah, definitely. I remember you were doing like ma- magazine illustrations at the time. Yeah, that was it. But yes, Teeny was definitely yeah. the uh, breadwinner and kept both yeah. of us alive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she kind of took care of us, and we survived off of vegan cupcakes, and 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 I survived off of washing the dishes for about four months. Yeah. Uh, until I until I got that job at Potbelly where I where I delivered sandwiches year round in Chicago, which was fucking a trip. You, now that I think about it. Did you get the? When did you get the sharp shoot the? Uh, um, the sightseeing tour it was it was that's how we became more solid friends actually so rewind a little bit to maybe the year before um maddie and i didn't live together but we were acquainted enough i guess to to yeah i'm not sure who had that job first did you or i I you had it and i needed a job yeah so you basically just billed me as like the fucking next best photo editor ever (laughs) and i've never done any photo editing in my entire life I think, because, yeah, so it was like, so we were consistently, like, out of a job, which is, you know, we were 21, 22, fuck it, we still got drunk, and we still got laid, you know, we were doing it out there in Chi-Town, but I do do remember I found that job on Craigslist and went to an interview, like, another desperate situation where I was like, man, I'm, people, like, Chicago's gonna kick me out of Chicago if I don't get a job soon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and, um... And so I remember I got that job, and it was really cool. It was basically like we we were in an office building downtown Chicago, and we'd have to 
go down to Navy Pier, grab memory cards from photographers down there who worked for the same company. Yeah. Um, they would take photos of tourists getting on the boat, like right before they got on the boat, they would take pictures, like group photos of the passengers, or you could get photos of just your family or something like that. Yeah. Um, so our job, we were, we were bike messengers, quote unquote, but our job yeah. was to go down from the office, get the memory cards while the boat took off. And each boat ride was like 20 minutes to an hour, depending on what tour yeah. you were taking. And then you would have to run with the memory card back up to the office, take it up into the photo editing software we had, which was janky as fuck on some yeah. janky PC. But, I mean, I think we both mastered that shit pretty quick. Dude, you know, like just you like... needed three buttons to make that shit look <laughs> yeah. perfect. Yeah, contrast, you know, mess with the framing a little bit, like take away some of the blur and whatever. And the, like it was super easy. Yeah, so you, you edit the photos, you print out the photos, um to a certain size on glossy paper, shove them in an envelope that has logos and shit all over it. And so we went down there, we would take the printed photos and package them up and we'd put a, give them to the um, photographers and they would sell them and they would make money off commission by selling the photos, which I think was probably a tougher job than what we had. We got hourly, man, and it was like cool. nine an hour. It wasn't bad. Yeah, no, it was pretty decent and it was easy and everyone there was really cool. It was fun. Um, it was, everybody was cool. But- but, like, when we first started, it was just, like, we were just photo editors. That's yep. all we did. We just set up in that fucking room, and we edited these yeah, photos. Right. And then the photo- photographers would ride back and forth. Oh, and then, right. like, the company the company was, like, you, we're not making enough money. So the photo editors now have to bike and do all that shit. And then yeah, towards right. the end of that job, I don't. you were probably still there, um, but we were taking photos, bike messaging, and editing. Is that's what I remember. True. Yeah, and then, that's true. like, our boss would just, like, leave, and then he would expect <laughs> us to, like, close it down for the night. And sometimes you'd be there till, like, fucking 1 a.m. trying to, like, get yeah. this money shit correct. Because no one taught you how to do it. It's just, like, here's this paper. It tells you oh, how to do it. Oh, man. But I think Maddie and I, so this was before we were jobless again. Yeah. Uh, was, and then. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of joblessness. Yeah. This, uh, yeah, man. We're fucking, <laughs> we're fucking artists, man. What do we know about yeah. money? Um, know how to spend it (laughs) that's for sure Uh, but then but then as when we were living together that was like that was the best when we were living with teeny like that was amazing because she would go to bed and you and i would just like stream the wire for for you know all night we didn't have anywhere to be we had the wire on dvd (laughs) that right i just want i just want to apologize for teeny to teeny for (laughs) oh t little t thank you from the bottom of our hearts yes (laughs) so much we we owe you the world um yeah but it was no it was good at that point like at, at that time we were biking around a lot summers were great I just remember smelling really bad all the time and drinking all the all time. All the time. <laughs> that was it. Best yeah. shape I've ever been in my entire life. Best tan I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, man. We were rocking it. Uh, I, you know, it was, I think it was, that, it was that same year we wrote, um, we wrote a screenplay together. We... That, was, that was a little later on. That was on Rice when we were, it was just us two. Like our last year there. Are you sure? We, the we didn't. Uh, are you sure we didn't write the? Because I feel like we were we were thinking of shooting at that little apartment because uh, we had plotted out might... the closet and oh, the kitchen yes, yes, and the yes, window. Yes, yes, and... Right. But so anyway, j- jump to probably a year later, we ended up living with more people, and Eric B moved in with us. Yeah. 
um, at Hoyne. We lived uh, on Hoyne, uh, 10th and Hoyne or something like that. There was, yeah. like, it was like me, you, Teeny, and we, Teeny and I had a room, and then yeah. Eric was there, but then he started dating someone from Latvia, and then she would stay. Yeah. So it was like five people in this apartment, pretty consistently. Yeah, I had the tiny little room in the front, but we would throw parties. Remember we would do um, iPod karaoke? I had a PA system for a while. Yeah. And we would have we would have bring people bring their jams on their iPod or their iPhone or whatever and plug in and just sing through the mic while their song was going through the speaker. Oh. And we would have fucking dance parties in this apartment and it was yeah. awesome, man. We'd do stoop drinking, which was uh Oh awesome. yeah. During the summer. <laughs> we had a we we had a kick ass stoop, we'd have people over there all the time drinking, yelling at other people passing by and shit and like And then they would join uh, us. It was yeah, that People was when on I the started way to smoking. the bar would just stop and hang out with us instead of going to the bar. <laughs> yeah, dude, we made so many friends. Just come to the porch and be like, yeah, man, cool. But we, uh, that was when I first started smoking weed was when we were at 10th and Hoyne. Yeah. And that is when I started getting into podcasting. I started recording one called I Believe in Santa Cruz, which oh, if, yeah. you, if you Google that, you can find episodes of that as well as old episodes of the early incarnation of camera noise if you google those as well you can probably find them but yeah so i started i started podcasting uh, i believe in santa cruz where it was basically just like a journal of my it was like a audio journal of like what i did during the day and just what i was thinking about and this is when i started getting high so i was just like having high conversations with myself about just random shit um you know we that went on for a good while and i don't think we really started camera noise until we got to rice yeah, that's yeah. I think we just started it because I I was continuing to do the I believe in Santa Cruz ones, and yeah. I think we were playing video games or something. We were just like, man, we should just record this like the conversation we were having while we were playing video games. I was like, we should just fucking record this. This is hilarious. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> this reminds me too. Also, when Stefan and I would get high, we would watch <laughs> endless amounts of the television show House. And we would just like sit there and not say a fucking word for hours. That yeah, and that well, until and then, we got hungry, and then it was like yeah, on. that's kind of probably how it started because we'd have discussions about house, just sitting there like talking about what we just watched. Yeah, you know, over some bocce pizza. Oh, dude! God, I miss bocce pizza like of the fucking Dickens boy. Yeah, um, <laughs> but that's probably how it started because we we're just like we should just record ourselves talking about movies and shit, you know, and, and, you know, jump to, I think, I think we got to about 20 episodes that first go around. For um, real? Damn. Uh, yeah, I think because. Yeah, uh, I will say that when, when me and you were living together, we were always working on something. Yeah, Like, definitely. whether it be illustrations, drawings, uh, yeah. music, like, it was weird because Stefan would be like, hey, I made this thing. And I'd be like, oh, that thing's awesome. And then I'd like go in my room and be like, I'm going to make a thing too. I'll show him how to make things. And it was like, it was never like to one-up each other. It was just to like, just keep this creative flow going in the house. Yeah, so absolutely. It was either we were getting stoned, watching house, or making art. So yeah, it yeah. was the perfect that's time. the life, you know, playing video yeah. games all the time. Oh, is that uh, when we the, got the off-the-truck PS3? Off the back of the truck deal. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, stolen yeah, PS3 awesome. we bought. We got a stolen, stolen PS3. I was working so, at like mean, a game store slash DVD slash record store at this point. Yeah, which was great, man. We I think both of us, like you worked there, but I was there every 
every few days just like skulking around looking for albums and games and yeah we should have just given you a job probably <laughs> but yes i mean i think i think that's pretty much like how this whole process started to evolve and it wasn't until we started doing super super house um just recently this year uh that we were you know resurrecting camera noise just seemed like the obvious and right thing to do <laughs> why deprive the masses of camera noise it's ridiculous yeah, right? Oh. Well, I, I would just like had a. I, I think when we did the first Super House or the first one I was on, I had a lot of fun with it. And then I think you joined in on the next one, or it mm -hmm. kind of sparked me. I was like, man, it'd be really cool to bring back camera noise. I just felt like it'd be nice to resurrect something because I mean, we did have a few listeners, like local Chicago people that we knew, friends of friends, yeah, definitely, whatnot, who were just like tune in, and then we'd like be at a party like that weekend after we put one up, and they'd be like, oh, that was really funny when you guys were like fucking stoned out of your minds, and yeah, you know, and uh, I just thought it was kind of nice because I think some of those people probably remember that, and like it's kind of like nostalgic for them and a time period that doesn't exist anymore for any of us, you know, even if you're living in Chicago now. And you knew us then, like, I feel like going, if I moved back, it wouldn't be the same, you know? So I think to revive camera noise and not call it something different was just kind of like, for me and Stefan to relive our, like, glory days. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. That's a great way to put it. Um, but I personally thought it was important at this point, since, you, since if you have been listening, you just have been hearing us yammer on about, like, the shit we're interested in, uh, yeah. to, to get to know us a little bit. Um, and yeah, so here we are. We're we're living the dream now, like yeah. more than the dream. We're fucking killing it with these podcasts. Thirty thirty listens. Been we've been we've been working the hashtags. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. So that's the origin story of camera noise. Um. We're gonna take a little break here for a minute, and then we're gonna come back and talk about some music. I promised. Uh, the last couple episodes that we'd get back into some music discussion and recommend some albums for our listeners um, uh, to take a listen to. So we'll be right back in the flash. Uh, you can see my illustration work at illustrationsbymandy.tumblr.com. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm also Old Beardo on um, Instagram. Uh, I post about music and just weird shit. I'm on Instagram at STFNSNTCRZ. Uh, you could also visit me uh, at YouTube where I have a short film that I did recently in November called Watching. It's kind of a spooky supernatural film, as well as a feature length that I did about seven years ago with a good friend and a bunch of Denver filmmakers called Colfax and 15. Please check that out. Uh, but that YouTube page is youtube.com backslash C backslash Stefan Santa Cruz. Check out soundcloud.com backslash STFNSNTCRZ. Um, along with the soundtrack to Colfax and 15th, um, I also have an instrumental metal album um, called The Kadir that I really would love uh, people to check out. Um, and more things to come. Get my burps out. <clears throat> me 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 me. Hum, 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 hum. Me 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 me. <laughs> All right, and welcome back to Camera Noise. Uh, we just took a little break there, and uh, there was some info from our sponsors, and we don't have any sponsors yet, but info about uh, other pages and various things you can catch us on. Um, 
Uh, but we're back now. We're going to talk about a couple albums that have uh, caught our ears recently. Um, the first of which being Kvelertak from Norway. Their newest album is called Nadesford, which I have no idea what that means. Um, <laughs> and this album, this album in the last week, since I discovered it, has become so far, even though the year is still, uh, it's still early in the year, this is probably my favorite album of the whole year so far. I have not been able to stop listening to Nattisford. Um, what did you think? What have you thought of Nattisford, Maddie? Um, I feel like you've probably listened to it a lot more than I have. Um, I <laughs> recently just got a copy of it, and I was kind of like playing it before this podcast because mm. I had just been um, just doing it on Spotify, and I'm not a huge fan of like listening to tracks out of order. I just feel like a band puts an album mm -hmm. together for you to listen to it this way. Mm -hmm. But some songs that I did enjoy, I, I like this album. I don't love it yet. Um, it just, it kind of reminds me of like Baroness meets Every Time I Die. Um, uh -huh. It seems a little all over the place. Uh, mm -hmm. Metal, like it's just kind of, mm -hmm. kind of like when we were talking about Horrendous's album, that like they kind of like do a little bit of all kinds of metal in it, you know, yeah. and it works really well. And I think they do it here too. Definitely. But I, one of the standout tracks is I was listening to this, didn't know the song title, and I was like, man, this sounds like a fucking Van Halen song. This was <laughs> yeah. screaming on it. And, yeah. the name of this, and then the name of this song is 1985, yeah. which makes total sense. But yeah. that's one of my standout tracks. I'm not a huge Van Halen fan, but, uh, I just like it's you put it on and like the fucking solo man is just like god yeah. damn these guys are fucking listening to Van Halen when the, they wrote this song. Yeah, the influences on this album range anywhere from from Led Zeppelin to Iron Maiden to Rush to fucking yeah. uh, to so no definitely some prog moments for sure to no effects to Van Halen. You know, like these guys. The one thing I really love about this album, and and hopefully as you get more into it. Um, it's, it's fun. It's like, there's not a single, like, I love metal of all types and all different genres. Um, and generally, you know, the aesthetic is dark. The tone of it is bleak, you know, or, or, or the, or it's got a lot of attitude and it's just like really kind of in your face and brutal. You know what I mean? Yeah. This album, the album cover is like a, a like some kind of like Norse, a Norse warrior giant sitting on a mountain next to an owl. They look like they're both peering down into the, some frosty valley together, like hunting prey. But, you know, they're just sitting there and it's just like, you know, I think the album cover reflects a lot of like the album and yeah. where it's just like, it's not, it's not the Viking in battle, you know, it's not the yeah. Viking facing death. It's just the Viking facing his land and his well, life, you know? I, I definitely get to like, <laughs> like looking at this, like I, I just now realize there was a fucking owl on the cover, but like all the influences <laughs> that we're saying, it, like it looks like a yes cover, you know, like it, it does, it, it does. It, it looks like, uh, it reminds me the color scheme and like the owl on the front reminds me of Russia's yeah. fly by night. Um, so oh, it's totally. definitely like, like, um, the other previous albums, all the artwork's done by the lead singer of Baroness. Yeah. Um, and John Baisley. Yeah, and I think all that music kind of fits that because I kind of like their earlier stuff a little more than mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. But this definitely seems like more of like maybe it's a concept album, maybe it's not. But I feel like they had a definite like yeah. let's pay homage to all of our favorite rock slash metal groups slash yeah. punk slash. Because it does feel like a weird greatest hits of like everything you love in metal. Just yeah. like with these guys and like. 
Um, some of the voice uh, work changes. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. like kind of like I said, like in every time I die, kind of like, I guess like not like hot damn, but like later on in their career, yeah. they got more kind of like rock and roll kind of screen. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes you'll get some singing in the background. It's, yeah. it's definitely all over the place. It's great, though. Uh, a, like what a, I've heard, I've enjoyed. Yeah. I just haven't a, into it. a sub genre that they're listed under is is quote unquote black and roll. Okay. Um, which is which is something I've kind of heard of before, and it is it definitely is. It has like the ch it has like the chugga chugga kind of grooves of of a more of a more um, conventional kind of like rock sound. Uh, they don't they don't do a lot of like polyrhythm kind of stuff that you find in like technical death metal um, yeah. or black metal. They just kind of they kind of you know it's like there's they're similar to the band like Torch or whatever. Like they have yeah. just this real driving this real driving Coliseum. sound but they they split the difference with just being like a driving kind of yeah coliseum kind of anthemic rock band they split that difference with with um what i believe is called the uh, uh it's a uh, it's a style of metal oh man why is this why is this escaping me right now <laughs> so it's it's basically viking metal yeah uh, a monomarth um at the gates uh Gothenburg. It's called the Gothenburg uh, sound. Okay. So that's what I hear anyway. Um, and it's 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 very melodic. It's very riffy. So they mix that in with this like rock and roll sound. You know, kind of even like Queens of the Stone Age at times. You know, kind of mm -hmm. desert rocky. Um, but but again, their influences are so across the board. There's even some punk influence in there in the vocals yeah. and some of the guitar work, and folk even. Uh, some standout tracks for me alongside 1985, um, Bronze uh, SSQ, um, On Skappens, Galaske, and uh, my favorite track on the album, which I think if you just, if just from listening to this and you just get a chance to listen to any one of these songs, listen to the song Hexabron. It's yeah. the second to last song on the album and it is just fucking epic. I was listening to it with a friend uh, in her car. She allowed me to play music <laughs> in her car. And uh, <laughs> and she doesn't like metal at all. She likes fucking Alt J, you know. She likes kind of like the hipster indie rock kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, more power to her. Um, but um, she, I was playing this song for Hexabron, and she was like, "This is good. Who yeah. is this? What is this?" I'm like, "This is a fucking metal band called Kveller Tuck." Yeah. And they're great. <laughs> I will also say uh, the track before that, uh, Berserker, is pretty good too. Yeah, it's Berserker kind of is more good. Straight up rock song. I mean, yeah, it's called Berserker. It's kind of like what you yeah. expect. But um, I, also, the Hex and Bronze song clocks in at nine minutes and five seconds. So it's like yeah. one of those just like it's, fucking jams. Um, it uh, really I, is. I, I've heard it, but I didn't get to take it in as much as I would like. Yeah, they um, they but, they. They cover the gamut of it's like that's that's their most kind of Baroness Mastodoni style song. It's like they mix uh, folk elements with you know metal and rock and roll throughout the way they've done throughout the whole album. I wish I knew uh, Norwegian um, yeah. because because I want to know what these guys are saying. <laughs> but um, I feel like once you pass the the beginning hump of uh, the first track called Dendrophil for Yggdrasil, like you know this is the band, this is what we are, this is what we sound like. And then you get to 1985, and it's just like, join us on this adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, man, I've been fucking rocking out. <laughs> but um, but it's been the soundtrack for my like last week, maybe even two. I just I could not recommend this album more, and I can't wait till you listen to it more.
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive into it more now. There yeah. are definitely moments in it that pique my interest and something that should be listened to more by me. Yeah, yeah. And there, the album before it, Mirror, is really good too. But like I said, um, it really depends on where you are, what your tastes are, and, and what you're into. For me, this album just like... It, like I, you know, it's like when you find an album, you're just like, I can't believe this music exists. Like, yeah. I can't believe that somebody thought this up and and is playing this. And it's not, you know, it's not like the most like technically showy kind of rock and roll or metal for that matter. It's just like, and even though they're using conventions of older styles and influences of older bands and styles, they really make these sounds their own. Um, yeah. Which kind of reminds me, just as another recommendation, check out the band X Mortis. Uh, they're they're like a th melodic thrash death metal band. Um, I think they're from California. They might be from Florida though, which I realize now is on the other side of the country. But <laughs> but um, but they're another band that kind of just does. You know, they do some. They're not reinventing the wheel, but they have so much fun with it that the distinctions that they create within their music um, um, set them apart from from whatever bands are influenced by and contemporary bands that are playing similar music. So. That's my two cents on that kind of shit. Sweet. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, definitely that's a good album. For our next album that we want to talk about, uh, I'm going to let Maddie introduce, because uh, he, he introduced the album to me. Um, so I, some of you may know, I went and saw Baroness um, a couple weeks ago, and the opening band was a band called Youth Code, and I didn't know what to expect from them. I'd never heard them. Uh, when you look at like their artwork, kind of, you might think just like a solid like, like, revivalist like hardcore band or something is what I got from it when I looked at all their artwork and their t-shirts. So I was like, mm -hmm. ah, maybe I'll give these guys a listen. Some of their like CDs are cheap and their shirts aren't too bad. Maybe like you know if I like it, I'll pick something up. And I listened to two songs and it reminded me of, it's like. It's like Nine Inch Nails Ministry um, yeah. with, like, just screaming on top of it, which I, I – I, don't get me wrong. I like some screaming, and, you know, I don't mind Nine Inch Nails or Ministry or anything. But I was uh, just, like, was not into it. I was like, oh, God, this is going to be awful to sit through. And I have to wait <laughs> through this to see Baroness, which I know I'm going to have a great time seeing. Interesting, yeah. So I get in there. Like, they like, go on, and I was – I met some friends there. And from, like, the first vocal, like, I didn't know who was in the band, what they looked like, and it's this little blonde girl, uh -huh. tat tatted all up, uh, kind of reminiscent of, like, a Rachel Toxic uh -huh. kind of look. Her name, and is, then, uh, her name is Sarah Taylor, and the other band member, a guy, is named Ryan George. Uh, go ahead. Which, he, he looks a lot older than her, so it's kind of like a, like, it almost looked like a father-daughter team of, like, this yeah. industrial hardcore band. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but, like, when she first, like, started fucking screaming me, and I was like, oh, shit, I gotta get in there now. Mm -hmm. And it was probably, it's up there with some of my, like, top live performances, man. Like, yeah, I don't think awesome. I would like this album if I didn't see them live. Because yeah, if I have one complaint about this album, I think there's too much production on the vocals to make her sound different. Okay. Because I feel like sometimes on the album she sounds more mannish. Yeah, she does. It was, that's what I was thinking. Up until now, I thought I thought it was a guy. You know, I thought they switched vocals halfway through the album because that's kind of what it sounds like. It yeah. sounds like a guy singing, and then like pretty much halfway through the album, you can tell that it's more female. Um, but yeah, I guess it's uh, vocal manipulations. 
Yeah, and I don't like it. Um, that was my only complaint, but I had such oh, a good time watching them perform and just, like, mm-hmm. you know, just do what they did up there with just, like, this guy with a bunch of fucking keyboards. Like, I don't know how all this shit was connected. There were wires <laughs> fucking everywhere, man. But yeah. just, and it's not, this isn't, like, my normal thing. I was I, I was interested to let Stefan listen to it just because I felt mm-hmm. like some bands you recently told me to listen to were very kind of, like, in this vein, like, yeah. Uh, musically maybe not vocally but um yeah but yeah I, I just saw them they blew me away i went and got a cd because i was i wanted to get the vinyl but i knew i wouldn't listen to it as much as if i didn't like yeah. have it in my car because i drive a lot in cincinnati um i i do it's just a great record it's very different from what i listen to it's not for everyone but yeah. it is definitely worth your time if you're needing something new and a little different especially in the genres of like hardcore and maybe even industrial music. I, I don't really follow that scene, so I don't know if it's like kind of like people are still listening to stuff from like the nineties and like this is the best shit. It doesn't yeah. get any better than this. Yeah. But um standout tracks. Uh I know Stefan really likes the Dust of Fallen Rome, which is really yeah. good. Oh. I'm a big fan of Doghead, Lacerate Wildly, and Lost at Sea, which is kind of like a slow song for a hardcore band. Yeah. Um, they they, but, they they do some interesting uh things. <laughs> It's it's really hard to explain. Sometimes I wish we could like play snippets or something, just to be like, this is what I'm talking about right yeah. here. Maybe I will actually. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah. So I I just based on Maddie's recommendation, I didn't really know what to expect at all. Um, you know, he said that they opened up for Baroness, so I'm thinking like they're going to be like a Red Fang type of band, or they're going to be you know like kind of that similar rustic sound. Um, but they turn out to be like a lot farther in genre and style than than from Baroness. Um, you know, upon my first listen, it's like it's heavy electronic and and it's dark, which is definitely my jam. Lately, I've been listening to bands like Perturbator and One um, O Tricks Point Never and Danger, and just I love the dark, dancey, sexy, gothy. You know, just like to me, the first track on this album is the beginning of the of the greatest cyberpunk film you've never seen. You know, it's just like yeah. the whole time I'm just like I'm listening to this album. I'm thinking of like hard drives and people's in people's heads and wires coming out of their ears and shit, and just like you know, laser eyeballs and dancing in a club and like taking techno drugs and shit. I'm just like my imagination is is just going wild. Um, this album, you know, it's just, it's like what Maddie was saying. It's just like it's it's that uh, it's kind of like a late '80s industrial sound, late '80s, early '90s industrial sound. Um, you know, and the lyric, the vocals border on being like kind of hardcore punk. You know, really coarse uh, throughout the entire album, and I kind of had the same feeling at first when I first started listening. I was like, oh, these beats are dope. You know, like this is pretty fucking great. And then the singing starts coming in. I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna have to get used to this you know, through a whole album, but um, I found myself, uh, again, this last week, you know, Caveller Talk was the, was the album I was listening to mostly, uh, but this was this this was the second go-to whenever I wore that one out after, like, three or four listens in a day, I would, I would turn to, to uh, this, this album is called um, Commitment to Complications is the Youth Code album we're talking about. And, uh, you know, it was like the song Dust of Fallen Rome had, had come on throughout listening to the first few tracks. And by that point, I was hooked. And um, I've since listened to the album through maybe a good 10 times. 
uh, and and I didn't know that it was. I mean, like I was saying, by the end, it's you can tell that there's a female vocalist there, and I didn't realize that it wasn't also a guy singing with her. So I'm gonna go back and listen to that too. Um, and yeah. now that and now that you say, you know, like that there's like vocal manipulation and stuff, like I don't mind that so much. Um, probably just because where I where my starting point was, my reference point is I didn't even know. But um, but I kind of the tone of the album is so cool because. Because it does, I mean, for all intents and purposes, if you didn't know that, it, it's a man singing at the beginning and then a woman singing at the end of the album. And it yeah. does have this, like, it has a climax point in the middle and then it has, like, kind of it lulls you back down. Yeah. Um, it gets a little slower. It gets a little heavier and a little more concentrated by the last, like, four or five tracks. Um, and, I mean, I just, like you know, not to dissect it too much and, you know, just to keep it simple. I love this album. I really, um, I've been, I've been writing a lot, uh, uh, just like short story and screenplay stuff is which I've been doing since I was like 18. Um, so I've been writing and, you know, like trying to capture that like cyberpunky kind of like dangerous, you know, even violent and, and darkness that exists in this music. And I just been playing it while I write and just writing like, you know, some fun shit, like time will tell who knows. But, um, but it's definitely been the soundtrack to my like state of mind on one hand, youth codes commitment to complications is, is dark and sexy and dangerous. And then on the other hand, you have Kveller talks, uh, Nattisford, which is like kind of more triumphant and hopeful and fun. And, you know, like it's two sides of these coin that lately have been, have been filling out my, the soundtrack to my life, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I heard the live first, which like yeah. sold me. And then now I love the record because of that, but you already like yeah. the record. So I'd be interested to see what you think of a live performance. Yeah, of definitely. Theirs, because you, when you think of live, you got to strip down some of those layers off of a record, you know, and you got to learn how to play a song with like not having several tracks and stuff like that. I uh, I was just listening to uh, Kurt Blue and Jacob Bannon talk about "You Fail Me," uh, the Redux version of yeah. uh, the Converge album, which I posted on our uh, Facebook page. Um, and they were talking about how you have to ha find a happy medium when you're just like one guitarist, but you might have three guitar parts on a song. Like you got to play like the greatest hits of like that song you know and I, was, I thought that was really interesting because I felt like I don't know like when I make music it's so maybe I could perform it live yeah you know so to think about like maybe bands don't even think about that they're just in the creative process so whatever happens happens and then after the right. fact they're like fuck we got to play the song live because we love it and I feel yeah. like that's like watching Youth Code is and hearing their album is very different because I feel like they had to they strip a lot away to maybe play it live, which is maybe why I like the live performance a little yeah. more because it's more raw. You know, she. I think they had also been sick, so her voice might have sounded a little off, which I enjoy. Oh, yeah. um, maybe a little more strained than like you know being in a comfortable room, you know, screaming. So it's definitely mm -hmm. interesting. I like. I love. I love both ways, and I will see them again if they come through. Um, yeah, it's just a really cool album. It's very interesting. I don't what we normally talk about on here. I don't think it. I don't think it falls into like a certain category where it's like, oh, it's just another like Maddie Stefan like recommendation and all like it's all metal. Like you, <laughs> you know, better I, start I, listening to this music, people. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is gold. We're teaching you something. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think it's something interesting that you know, if you give it a couple, like even if you just listen to the tracks that we 
mm-hmm. one or two of the tracks that we enjoy. It's I think it's just something else that's going on, and I think we'll maybe see more bands kind of maybe adopt some of this because I also think like yeah. listening to some of the electronic music, there are moments they hit like in like metal or like hardcore where you have that breakdown moment where it's like people get in yeah. the pit and they like start doing like you know circle pits and then like you know freestyle karate whatever the fuck goes on in there. I'm too old for that <laughs> shit now. So, uh, but like it was really cool to see like uh, an electronic you know using a keyboard or like sampled sounds to kind of get some of these metal slash hardcore moments but still stay true to like you know the industrial feel too like it just it, it's, it's just to me it's nothing i'm listening to and i'm sure there's probably like someone who listens to a lot of like industrials like oh they sound like this band this band like i can give you 10 influences that sound like youth code and i'm like oh cool. yeah but to me it was just something new and interesting and definitely didn't think this band would be opening for baroness because yeah. i was like kind of stepping like oh it's going to be like another southern rock band like southern metal rock or it's going to be, like, just a straight-up, like, hardcore local, like, Cincinnati band or something, you know? Yeah. Just, like, give these kids their dues or whatever. Yeah. I didn't really know anything about them. Um, but, yeah, uh, great right. album. They're, I highly recommend. Uh, yeah, they're, 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 from, they're from L.A. Um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think Maddie said it best when, when he said, um, uh, quit being a pussy and listen to Youth Code. I think I heard him <laughs> say that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I did. Quote, direct quote from me. So, yeah, they, you know, and they get to points, they get to points in the album where they really like find these grooves and have these cool melodic breakdowns and stuff. And it's just like, it's got, it's got a lot more than just the industrial, just, you know, like, like with all great music now, you know, it pulls from influences, does, and does something creative and new with it. And I just like, for where my mind's at now, for my, you know, for where I am right now, like this album couldn't have come any sooner. Um, it's just, you know, you know, between this and a few other things I'm listening to, they've been a big influence on any creative things I've been doing lately. And, um, and I'm just like, you know, yeah, music I, to me, sorry, music to me is just like, you know, probably if, you know, I probably get most of my inspiration from music, uh, for, for various and different types of artwork and creative projects. Yeah. I needed this album, like maybe like last year because i really got into i was trying to make some of my own music mm-hmm. and i'm just really shitty at like trying to make drums sound like drums on like a program uh-huh. yeah and i was just really wanting to get like a drum machine and just kind of like make really simple beats and i really got into Godflesh. yeah um oh, and because they kind of do uh it's kind of like i mean i feel like their beats are very simple but also like there's a lot of layers there to it as well yeah but I wish I would have had this record when I was listening to Godflesh because I think maybe I would have made some made some actual music then and been more into yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I just I mean it's great. Um, just, yeah, just keep listen up to with it. People, jeez. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, we're gushing. We're gushing right now. Like, what yeah, more I mean, can we say? We're in love with the album, you know. so just let us be in love. <laughs> both, both both these albums uh, have been have been really great. Um, but uh but you know you know like like as always the conversation will go on check out uh superhouse podcast our parent our parent podcast in the superhouse podcast network um our most recent episode has adam carolla calls in and talks to um andrew and and matt and it's probably the most hilarious thing uh that's been on any of our podcasts since. Um, and uh, it was truly amazing. He's an amazing dude for doing that. Um, yes, as well as our friends, uh, Rachel and Yukiko have a podcast called Intergalactic Circus uh, under the same network, Superhouse Podcast Network. 
Don't miss that shit. Get hooked. I'm out. Later. You can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash camera noise podcast and also at soundcloud.com backslash superhouse podcast under the playlist camera noise on Twitter at camera noise pod and email us at camera noise at gmail.com 